Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. The Financial Exchange is produced by Money Matters Radio and is hosted by employees of the Armstrong Advisory Group, a registered investment advisor that provides investment advisory services. All opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, do not reflect the opinions of Armstrong Advisory or anyone else, and do not guarantee profit. Investments can lose money. This program does not offer any specific financial or investment advice. Please consult your own financial, tax, and estate planning advisors before making any investment decisions. Armstrong and Money Matters Radio do not compensate each other for referrals and are not affiliated. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zotta and Mike Armstrong. Your exclusive look at business and financial news affecting your day, your city, your world. Stay informed and up-to-date about economic and market trends, plus breaking business news every day. The Financial Exchange is a proud partner of the Disabled American Veterans Department of Massachusetts. Help us support our great American heroes by visiting DAV5K.Boston and making a donation today. The DAV5K Boston is presented by Veterans Development Corporation. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zada and Mike Armstrong. As we kick off the last week before the Christmas holiday here, it's Chuck, Mike, and Tucker with you. And really want to touch on housing heading into 2024 simply because it, it is always the marginal driver of growth in the United States. And 2022, we saw, hey, with higher mortgage rates coming in, there was a significant slowdown in the overall sales volume of existing homes, used homes, if you will. While new homes, you know, you still had a lot of construction in the pipeline. And so you saw some decent growth there. This year, the story has pretty much been treading water in both markets when it comes to volumes. Prices have held up better than expected on existing homes, while new homes have had to take some discounts in order to move them with higher mortgage rates. But looking forward to next year, the, the story for the last year and a half has been low inventories on the existing home side of things, and that's been caused in no small part by mortgage rates going from the high twos to the low eights. It's a pretty big swing Rather when quickly. you put it that way in, yeah. in the last year and a half. I can't believe people were getting just, I, I, I still cannot wrap my head around the idea of a bank lending to a individual human being, an individual American at below 3% for three decades. It's just, a great deal. We'll never say it again. So the, the piece in the Wall Street Journal this morning, it's titled, Home, Be- Home Buyers Are Ready to Buy, But Sellers Aren't Selling. 
The subheadline, owners are feeling too fond of the low interest rates on their existing mortgages. And yes, that has been the case, but A, the lower rates go, the less that becomes a factor. And B, the longer time goes on, the less that becomes a factor as well. Yeah, uh, agreed there, right? What have you done for me lately is far more relevant than the rate that you had on your mortgage four years ago. So at some point, these rates do normalize. And even if they never get back to high twos, because I suspect they might not ever do so, um, the, the more normalized the housing market becomes. However... And we have a difference of opinion here, Chuck, right? You know, we have differing views and we put uh, different predictions on the wall in terms of what happens with housing. Um, I continue to struggle in my mind to understand what about this economy or real estate market is going to incentivize people out of their homes. I, I, I still struggle with that factor. I know a recession could do it. Um, certainly... I think that last year, as you pointed out, we just had a whole bunch of people who would normally sell their homes and chose not to. But at this stage, we're just kind of back to rates where they were for the first half of this year. And so if we stay here, like let's say we don't sink a lot further from here, because if we do, if we go down to like 4% mortgages or 4% 30-year mortgages, then I agree there should be more activity that takes place, more inventory that comes online. But let's say things just hang out here in the 6.5% range. I'm, I remain unconvinced there will be enough supply coming online to satisfy all the buyers that are out there. Let me just do some of the math just as it relates to why people feel mortgage-locked or why people have felt mortgage-locked. Sure. And I'm going to do this not with the person who bought it, you know, 2875, because... That's Few and that, far between. There's not, there aren't that many like that, but there are plenty of people who've got a mortgage outstanding at 375. Yes. Let's use that just as our, our jumping-off point here. So let's say that four years ago, you know, it's 2020, maybe even it's, you know, whenever it is, 2020, good good ballpark. Because, again, most people did not buy a home in 2021 or 2022. Heck, I'm at three and a quarter, and I was 2019. Like, it, it, it's all So you bought in 2019, four years ago. You spent $400,000, and you put 80000 down, 20% down payment, and you're at 375. Yep. Your monthly payment. Just for principal and interest, because, again, the, the taxes and insurance are a separate beast altogether, is $1,482. Okay. So if you say, you know what, I really need another bedroom, I want to upsize, and, you know, we're going to try to do that right now. Well, A, the home that was $400,000 four years ago. Worth a quarter more. Is probably somewhere in that six hundred to six fifty right now. That much more. Home prices are up almost forty percent. I mean, I'm, I'm being yeah, you know, yeah. I was I was stuck at twenty five percent for some reason in my mind, but yeah, they, quite a bit more. Yeah, so let's let, let's call it six fifty, okay. just because I'll, I'll get really aggressive on this. So you say, okay, I want that. Plus, I need an extra bedroom. So now I'm spending seven hundred and twenty five. Mm. If you're doing that now, keep in mind your own home price has appreciated as well because that home that you bought at four hundred, you can now sell for six hundred. We'll say you know, yep. so. What we do is we say, okay, so you're going to buy a place at seven twenty-five instead of the eighty thousand down. Now you've got two eighty down because you're able to carry an extra two hundred in equity over with you after you pay your mortgage broker or your whoever that person is, the, uh, the realtor. Agent. That's the one. So you're carrying two eighty over with you, but you're buying at seven twenty-five. You do it with an eight percent interest rate. 
it's going to cost you $3,265 a month in principal and interest, more than doubling your $1,482 that you're currently spending. True. Now, if we look at what mortgage rates have done in the last two weeks, I mean, really the last month and a half, yeah, but the last six, two weeks but in particular. Concentrated in two. Yeah. We're down to six and a half. So if we rerun that at six and a half, again, still buying a place for seven twenty five, you get two eighty yep. that you carry over. You're at twenty eight thirteen. It cuts almost four hundred and fifty bucks off your monthly payment. You're still doubling. But you would probably expect to be. You're getting into a bigger home. Uh, you're ready for that move anyway. So this is where we are today. Let's say, and I'm not saying this will happen, but let's say the interest rates come down to five and a half on mortgages, or maybe you get some kind of buy down at first. Mm. Now you're at twenty five hundred. Gee, I'm getting an extra bedroom plus I'm doing that. Okay, you know, yes, it's it's a thousand dollars extra. You've also likely seen your income go up over that time period. So now it starts getting to the point where people start saying, "Gee, can I do this? You know, can I swing it? Oh, it's going to be tight. Well, maybe we could go down to one car. You know, th- like things like that is how people talk about this. And I'm not saying that you're going to get there right away, but each year that you go on, the other piece that's not being taken into account here is the fact that each year you go on. You're also paying off some of that mortgage that's existing, and so you have more equity building that way as well. So maybe instead of 280 down, you can put 300 down, and so that now gets you to, hey, my principal and interest is only 2400 Gee, that's less than 1000 bucks up from where I am. My income's gone up by, you know, five or six grand a year. Yeah, I can't quite bridge that, but do we just jump for it and, and go for it? There are families each year that, that will start thinking this, and the further you go the more of those families there are. So I think that the the place that we are right now is one where for the vast majority of families, that number, like trying to say, oh, gee, we're going to spend like an extra thousand a month, still unaffordable for the vast majority. But each year that you go on, that number is going to become smaller because you'll have more equity in your home that you can take and use towards buying that new place. And that to me is why where we are today is not something that's permanent because you know 30 year mortgages we talk about them and they are a long period of time but remember if you bought in 2019 you're now through a sixth of that you know by next yep. year and each year you go forward okay we've eaten another chunk you know another two to three percent of principal away and you're closer to being able to move then you're not as mortgage locked so i think that the story of sellers aren't selling I think that with rates in the mid-sixes, it starts to become more attractive to them to start selling. Not all of them. Yeah. But remember, you don't need all of them to sell in order to make a difference in inventory. You don't. But, so again, my counterpoint to all of this. Rates were only above seven for four months. Felt like longer because you're talking about a lot, but rates got up over seven sometime around July, August time period and stayed there until November. Uh, for the rest of 2023, they were they were below that seven percent mark by and large. They were, you know, back in May they were right around where they were where they are today, and for most of the spring housing market, they were right around where they are today. And I don't mean to you know way over exaggerate, but nobody was selling. And so the question to me is, okay, if if rates are right here next spring. Has that been long enough? Are there enough people who waited on those transactions to just go and list it at this stage? Or is it going to take an economic shock? And I, I, don't, I don't have an answer. I don't think any of us do. But I, I'm just, 
I remain unconvinced that there is going to be enough supply to move prices downward. I think it's also another situation where it's all relative, just like we see with gas prices. Mm. Hey, gas prices on the way up, man, 325 feels bad. Yep. Well, when you're coming down from five, feels pretty gee, good. it's not awful. You know, it's not where I want to be, but okay, this, this is fine. Mortgage rates, you hit six on the way up. Ugh, can't do that. Coming down from eight, hey, rates are at six. Maybe we should talk about moving. Yeah, that's why this is opaque and difficult to yeah. forecast because it's not anything economics. It's not physics. No. And it's not necessarily logical, as as you just pointed out, right? Six on the way up felt terrible. On the way down, it does feel a little bit more normal. And the the other thing about anything related to buying a home, I don't know any better way to people do really dumb stuff. And and, and I'm someone who's been in, when you get into that house that isn't yours and you're looking around and it's all clean and all the windows have all the screens missing so it's all bright in there and everyone else is looking around and everyone's... Ex- it, it's like going to Vegas and having oxygen pumped into the casino. It just like you, you, you're like, yeah, we can, we can do this, oh, honey. No. Let's swim. We we can make this work. Yeah, oh. like I'll get another job. Like your, it'll be fine. Your kids are picking out their bedrooms already. It, I, I hear you. It's really hard once you're in that house just looking around. It's like you've been drugged. Yeah, it's yeah. like you've been drugged. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about how housing. Still has a little ways to go as far as, you know, how it's going to help to drag inflation down over the next uh, six to nine months. The latest news on inflation and how the markets are reacting every morning, right here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Miss any of the show? You can catch up at your convenience by visiting FinancialExchangeShow.com and clicking the on-demand icon where you'll find all of our interviews and full shows. This is your home for the latest business and financial news in New England and around the country. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. All of us at the Financial Exchange are truly thankful for being part of this year's DAV 5K. The event was a massive success, and credit to all of you who were registered. If you weren't able to attend but would still like to make a donation, visit DAV5K.Boston for all the information. That's DAV5K.Boston. The DAV5K Boston was presented by Veterans Development Corporation. Mike, as we sit here today and look at the state of inflation, the inflation rate... 
for CPI over the last 12 months has declined to 3.14%, but core CPI remains elevated at 3.99%. Why do we think, or why does the Wall Street Journal, through its piece titled Despite Record Home Prices, Housing is About to Drag Inflation Down, why do they think that housing is starting to become a tailwind for lower inflation as opposed to a headwind? Uh, well, primarily because the way that CPI measures uh, shelter costs, which what we talk about, you know, makes up a third of CPI, uh, operates with a pretty significant lag. And so unlike some other components of CPI where it is really the you know best up to the date minute that, you know, up to the minute data you can get with things like shelter where they are looking at you know, actual rents being charged or owner's equivalent rent. We have a lot of other ways of measuring that that are more up to date. And those other ways of measuring it are showing that both rent and the owner's equivalent rent are, are cooling off, uh, have already cooled off to this point through this year. So, for instance, rents on apartments in major cities, they're up only uh, three point something percent through the year. Um yeah, 3.3% rent growth over the past year, falling down to 3.3% compared to where we were during the pandemic, which was substantially higher. And so that's the guess is once these lags work their way through, we will see that 6.5% read we've been seeing, which, by the way, this time last year was 7%. So you yep. know, it, it has been persistently high in terms of uh, inflation for a while now. Again, this is another one of those inflationary items. The shelter cost index for, I was looking at this at St. Louis Fed, so the consumer price index for all urban consumers shelter in U.S. city average. That is, again, slowing down a little bit, but up over 20% over the last four years, right? If we look at that today versus 2019, rent across the board up 20%, according to the government's own data. This is something where when you look at how shelter cost is calculated, anyone who's actually listening, who's a, who's a human being who has a pulse, who you know pays rent or has a mortgage, looks at this and is like, well, that, that's not how it actually works for me. One way or another, it's either, hey, I've got a, a fixed mortgage, my cost didn't go up at all, right. or, hey, the rent is too damn high. It's... It, where this matters and why this matters is because these metrics are what the Federal Reserve looks at, and everyone knows they look at them, and so it influences markets. So, yes, you could have a situation where shelter costs starts to you know level off over the next, I don't know, six to nine months, and maybe even starts to inflect back upward, but because there's all this built-in lag in the shelter cost in the CPI, well, the prints aren't going to match up with what's going on. And this is something that you have to know both on the upside and on the downside. So, yes, it's it's not something where if you're trying to buy a home next spring, you can't walk into a, a prospective, you know, home and say, bring your copy of the CPI report and say, look, the home look, price the, index the in U.S. City averages. Down. Yeah, not that, terribly helpful. But if you're looking at markets and saying, hey, how is this going to influence whether the Fed may cut or hike, it does have a very clear feed through into those types of areas. Yeah. And again, I don't think anybody is using this specific index because they are trying to manipulate the data. And no, it is not perfect at measuring the current cost of shelter. It's just it's not good at that. What it is 
I'm not going to say good at, but better than all the other methodologies that people have been able, been able to think of, is pretty good at measuring the fact that not everyone's home price, co- everyone's home costs move on a weekly, week to week, month to month basis. Most of us tie in our shelter costs for at least a year, in many cases up to 30 years. And so if you're trying to measure the impact of inflation, you don't want to measure the week-to-week move in rental costs because that's not what most people experience. Most people are locked in for a period of time, and if shelter costs come down substantially for a sustained period of time, they'll eventually roll over and experience that, yes. but it takes time. Yeah, it's it, no one rents day-to-day. It's not, I mean, it's not eggs and gasoline. I take that back. I'm sure there are some people and some landlords that have like, all kinds of weird arrangements. That's that would be a new one. Yeah, I, I've I've heard of people renting week to week, but even there, the rent isn't changing every week. Typically, yeah. it's usually with like a a small landlord who says, "Yeah, pay me each week. Stick around as long as you want." Yeah, it's beyond. I don't think I've ever seen anyone go day to day with rent. No, that'd be kind of stressful. You know, it sounds like wondering yeah. each day if the landlord's going to raise your rent. So, you know, the article also points out that, hey, if you just strip out shelter costs, inflation is just 1.4% this year. Well, yeah, okay. If I strip out the highest inflationary item out right, of anything, then, you know, all of a sudden it looks really good. But that's not helpful. I can't just strip out the most expensive item that every single American spends on. No, and it's also just not how inflation works. Because right. if people didn't have that increase in shelter cost then maybe they'd be spending more elsewhere, and so inflation might be higher. Yeah, yeah. So it's you you can't just pull a price out and say, see, look, everything else is good because, well, that high price might be why everything else is good. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we've got Wall Street Watch, and we'll talk about why more Americans than ever own stocks today. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at TFE Show. Breaking business news is always first right here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Time now for Wall Street Watch. A complete look at what's moving markets so far today, right here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. 
Market starting off the week in positive territory as investor sentiment remains high heading toward the end of 2023. So far this month, S&P 500 is up 3.3%, the Dow is up by 3.8%, and the Nasdaq up by just over 4% for the month. At the moment today, the Dow is up by 14 points, S&P 500 is up over a third of a percent or 18 points, and the NASDAQ is up also just over a third of a percent or 57 points, Russell 2000 up by 6 points, 10-year Treasury yield up by 3 basis points, now at 3.96%, and crude oil up by over 3% today, trading at $73.73 a barrel. Big news out of the steel industry this morning where Japan's Nippon Steel announced it would acquire U.S. steel at $55 per share, valuing the American steel company at $14.1 billion. Shares in U.S. steel surging by 26% so far today. Sticking with merger news, Adobe and Figma have officially called off their $20 billion merger in light of regulatory hurdles where Adobe will pay Figma $1 billion in a breakup fee. Shares in Adobe are currently up by just over half a percent. Meanwhile, shares in Illumina up by a quarter percent after the gene sequencing company said it will divest itself of Grail, the maker of blood tests for cancer, after losing an antitrust battle. Elsewhere, shares in a firm are down by 2.5% after the buy-now-pay-later company was downgraded by Morgan Stanley to underweight from equal weight, noting its valuation is hard to justify downside despite the recent stock leap. Seaport downgraded streaming video platform Roku to sell from neutral, citing increased competition in digital advertising. Uh, Roku shares down by 2%, and Uber will officially join the S&P 500 today alongside Jabil and Builder's first source. I'm Tucker Silva, and that's Wall Street Watch. Is it safe to say that that uh, Adobe deal was a figment of their imagination? (laughs) Waiting for it, Tucker. That's the one. More Americans than ever own stocks. This is according to a survey from the Federal Reserve on consumer finances. 58% of U.S. households owned stocks at some point in 2022. That's up from 53% in 2019 and marks the highest annual uh, response that they have gotten in the once every three year survey of Americans. This does include both families that own individual shares directly as well as those those that own them through funds inside of a 401k or IRA or something like that and I think when I look at this I know a lot of people poo-poo it and be like oh like people are just investing in in really dumb stuff and it's it's true but I think that many investors get their start investing in dumb stuff or at least I know I certainly did And so I think the fact that you are just getting started and then even if not everyone who gets started continues on the path of learning and trying to invest, you know, better and more efficiently and and with, you know, a a better approach, a lot of those people will stick around. And and I think that you, you start to, you know, develop something that becomes a habit, not just a, uh, you know, a casino game that you're playing. Yeah, I, I hope we, we talked about this in early 2020 when the world was blowing up and um, 
Dave Portnoy uh, claimed himself to be a better investor than uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, you know, the, the, for a brief period of time, he was. The problem is that that brief period of time ended. Yeah, yeah. He, he did not last terribly long as it. When you're pulling letters out of Buffett. a Scrabble bag to pick stocks, I mean. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was that period of time, and we talked about it, right? Like, is this going to be a net positive for just like the general public? And we said at the time. You know, what we're seeing right now is going to end dangerously for a whole bunch of people. People are probably wagering money that they think is investing and is more like gambling, and they don't really understand that right now. And and for some portion of those people, they're going to get burnt pretty badly. The question is, I think the question to me, and we won't know for another two years, is but do this survey again in 2025, and have we maintained these higher levels of people who have stock exposure as a household? Like th- that is, to me, kind of the definition of did this work or not. I'll also point out that you know, we're mainly talking about that phase where people were getting stimulus checks and sports betting was non-existent. And so people were turning to the likes of Robin Hood and Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports to find their you know, fix for gambling. On October 7th of 2019, I'll also point out that that is when the big trading platforms went to zero commissions. Was it only that long ago? It's only that long ago that Schwab announced on wow. October 7th, 2019, that they are doing away with trading fees for, for equities across the board. And then Fidelity, I believe, was the second to that party after Robinhood had done it years ago. So that is definitely playing a role, too. And we saw that play out in the 80s, right, when online brokerages started coming up and you know create making an easier process for you to place trades online we were at you know a stage where only 30 ish percent of people were owning equities back in 1989 and by the time 98 rolled around you were nearly up to 50 percent so innovation and technology does play a role here too and the wall street journal this is the story that i think really captures this there was a guy by the name of nick luzak who was a sophomore at University of Michigan back in early 2020. And he took the $57 in his checking account to open up a brokerage account. And again, $57, like you, you can't do a ton with it. Right. But, you know, he said, yeah, let me let me try this. And he started going on Robinhood and he was, you know, buying whatever stocks he could and this and that. Uh, they, he started a group chat with his friends. You know, he got involved in, you know, all the GameStop and AMC stuff and this and that. Great line here. At one point, he considered becoming a day trader, which any day trader will tell you. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> you you really, really shouldn't do that because it's just ridiculously hard to make money consistently doing that. It's it's like when I was 22 years old and went to Foxwoods for the first time and then driving home, I was like, oh, gee, maybe I'll be a professional poker player. And, and that really just did not work out because no? it usually doesn't. Oh. But the the next line I think is great here. Now, Luzak, who's 24 years old, is focused on long-term investing. A salesman in Dallas, he's studying to become a certified financial planner. Like that, That's what I love to see is people who say, okay, I, I took my lumps. Like I did some really stupid stuff, and I made some money sometimes. I lost money sometimes, but net-net, it probably didn't get me anywhere. Yeah. And, hey, you know what? I need to spend more time studying this so I don't make the same dumb mistakes, but actually can, can grow my wealth for the future using the right tools. And that's what I really like to see, quite honestly. I do, too. I have to openly ponder if that's the exception or the... I mean, certainly his situation where he's studying to be a CFP is the exception, not of the rule. Of course. However, I am... I remain unconvinced that the majority of people who went through 2020 and did what he did 
net net are going to benefit from it long term. I, I I'm concerned that they might have gotten burnt too hard, spent money they shouldn't have on it, and long term might not be willing to turn back to that same methodology for building wealth over time. There's people who fall into both those those categories. Certainly, no doubt about it. And I, I just hope because. I've, I've said this before, but anyone who says they've never lost money in the stock market either A, is lying to you or hasn't been doing it long enough. Because if you invest long enough, you you always will have periods where you lose money in the stock market. I, I think that the question is, how do you approach that and how do you learn from it? And sometimes the learning from it is just, hey, I'm not very good at this, so I'm just going to invest in you know things that work for me. And, and, and it, it, it doesn't even have to be investing in the stock market. But just, hey, now I know what, you know, a CD is or now I know like what, what a bond is and, and, and you can find things that work for you. That's where I, I think I, I'm hopeful that that will be going. Not everyone will, but look, that, that's always the case. There, there are always people who unfortunately aren't good at stuff, but aren't also self-aware enough to realize they're not good at it. And it, it hurts them and it it sucks but that's just kind of the real world unfortunately yeah I, I think what you can say is people undoubtedly they know more about this universe than they did four years ago i, I think that's one yeah. thing i feel confident saying they have learned how to open a brokerage account they've learned some of the basics probably learned that stocks don't always go up and if nothing else i think that knowledge is beneficial Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Bond Vigilantes. Who are they and what are they doing? We'll discuss when we return. Text us at 617-362-1385 with your comments and questions about today's show. And let us know what you think about the stories we are covering. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Breaking business and financial news first throughout the day. Only here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. There's a headline today in the New York Times, New York Times, and it is with U.S. debt soaring, Wall Street's vigilantes are back, while others yawn. And what this is talking about is that the U.S. Uh, Treasury market now exceeds 27 billion dollars. It's a lot of U.S. Treasuries out there. That's not even the full extent of the U.S. deficit. It's just what's actually out Trillion. there in, in, in Treasuries. 
What's that? Did you say? Did I say billion? Yeah, trillion. I meant trillion. Yeah, yep. twenty-seven trillion dollars. It's 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 a lot of billions. Yes, a lot bunch. of billions. Twenty-seven thousand billions, actually. And the story that was out there in the third quarter this year was, hey, the reason why interest rates are going up is because there's too much debt outstanding. And investors are skeptical about, you know, whether or not the U.S. government's going to be able to afford this. And there's just too much supply. So investors can't buy it all up right now. And quite honestly, that that view was proven worthless over the last six weeks. And it has been proven false over and over and over. Can I, can I go ahead? Can I read a quote when you're? Yeah, because if. If the theory about, hey, rates are rising because there's too much debt for investors to buy. Well, in Q4 of this year, the, the U.S. Treasury is going to issue more debt than it did in Q3. And yet rates have come down. So it's it's not purely a supply and it, it's not a supply issue. Right. It is a demand issue, but not the one being referenced in, in, in here. And look, at some point you still may get to an issue where there is truly too much supply for the bond market to to buy up. But the reason why you know you're not there yet is because yields have not just gone straight in one direction. So um, this is I know that this is the way that a lot of us feel about U.S. government spending. So I'm, I'm going to quote this from a Yale-trained economist, Ed Giardini, who kind of coined the term bond vigilante. Quote, it, it was in a letter published uh called bond investors are the economy's bond vigilantes and he declared that quote if the fiscal and monetary authorities congress won't regulate the economy the bond investors will quote by viciously selling off u.s bonds sending a message to stop spending at its heightened levels feels like something that is relevant today this was written in 1983 so it was relevant back then it was relevant back then too and again did not have a meaningful long-term impact on really much of anything when it came to uh, fiscal responsibility or managing debt. And so I think what is probably, look, interest rates and you know treasury markets are a combination of a whole bunch of other factors, but it's fairly important to keep in mind that it's not purely the fiscal health of the United States that is relevant when it comes to the bond market it's also the fiscal health of every other country out there that is a you know comp- competing market for investment a- and as ugly as things might look right now do you want to go loan money to china instead i don't i i personally am not finding that quite as attractive and so comparative attractiveness is, is a real thing here in bond markets as well and so I don't mean to I, I am all in favor of more fiscal responsibility, but I'm not sure that bond vigilantes are going to be the ones to bring it about. Well, let me, I'll ask this. Ten year U.S. Treasury got up to five percent intraday in late October. Mm. Mike, have there been any big bills passed by Congress in the last seven weeks that have cleaned up the, the U.S.'s fiscal situation? No. Mike, have there even been any bills passed by the U.S. Congress in the last seven weeks? That's where I was going to go. Is The only thing you can argue is that they haven't spent a whole bunch more money on the wars in Israel and Ukraine. So, given that there has been no meaningful shift in U.S. policy over the last seven weeks, but the 10-year yield has gone from 5 to 3.9, at least in the short term, you can say it's not bond supply that's driving the ship. 
Early estate planning can have many benefits, if, especially if you want to protect the assets that you've worked so hard to attain. If you're retired or nearing retirement and you haven't done your planning yet, you could be missing out on benefits that can save you thousands of dollars. But there's another, another advantage. Doing your planning the right way might also help you eliminate your estate taxes. Cushing and Dolan are experts in elder law and taxation, and they have a new guide out this month called Tale of Two Objectives, Reducing Estate Taxes and Increasing Asset Protection. In it, you'll learn about how to keep your assets in your family and avoid probate while potentially eliminating your estate taxes. Call 866-848-5699. That's 866 866- Eight four eight five six nine nine, and get your free guide, or you can request it from their website, legalexchangeshow.com. The proceeding was paid for, and the views expressed are solely those of Cushing and Dolan. Cushing and Dolan and or Armstrong Advisory may contact you offering legal or investment services. Cushing and Armstrong do not endorse each other and are not affiliated. Mike, you ever sit around on, you know, maybe a, a Sunday, you're watching a little bit of football, you got some wings, you're having a beer, and you say, you know what? I'll have another beer. The the only thing I I, I do say you that you ever have those days. I, I do say that. <laughs> you ever say you know what, wings, beer. I need some blue cheese in my beer. Do you ever do you ever say that? I can I really have, just do a hunk of blue cheese yeah, in my beer right now. I have just a floater. Never uttered those words. No. You, you never ask the guy for just a little you know a little scoop of blue cheese on top of your <laughs> IPA. I am a huge fan of beer. I'm a big fan of robust cheeses such as blue. I do not like the idea of the two of them together. Well, Rogue Creamery and the Crux Fermentation Project out in Oregon have collaborated to produce Cool Ship Beer Number no. 6, which is an ale brewed using Rogue River blue cheese and aged in oak barrels for nearly two years. So, the, uh, the, the person responsible for this... Says, quote, it's not too strong. Maybe sip two, three, glass two or three. You might be able to begin to pick up on that very slight hint of blue cheese on the finish. To which I ask, if it's going to be so faint that you don't get a sense of it until glass two or three, bartender, I need more blue cheese in my beer. <laughs> Pass the Marie's blue cheese, please. <laughs> can, can you throw me some crumbles of that in my in my beer, please? And I just want the dressing. And my lovely friend over here will have a feta in her wine. That sounds That sounds just great. I would rather go out to Gilbert, Arizona, to Desert Monks Brewing, where they are using purified and recycled wastewater to make their beer. Ew. What? What, what do they call it? What do they call it? Uh, I forget what they call it. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll click on the article. I, I, I'd heard about this story, but I don't remember the name of the, the beer. Tucker, I know that sounds gross, but they actually distilled the living heck out of this water so it's basically bottled water going into your beer but uh ew yeah that's what they're doing in scottsdale because what's the name of the brewery uh desert monks i would i would i there's got to be like a kidney reference in there or something (laughs) i could go a lot of routes there's got to be a kidney reference or like it tastes like you know, it's either you deal with recycled wastewater or eventually you don't get beer in arizona it's it's you're gonna have to do one or the other it's booze Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, the holiday travel season and whether things are going to get snarled like they did last year. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.